Welcome to the BE Podcast, a weekly podcast for the church dedicated to discussing theology for everyday life. Join in the conversation with Pastor Jonathan Gallardo and Pastor Henry Cruz. Hello, everyone. My name is Jonathan Gallardo. I'm Pastor of Vida Mundante Cicero, and I'm with Henry Cruz. And together we will be discussing the state of theology for the next couple of weeks, the state mm-hmm. of theology. Now, this is an important discussion because there's a wonderful survey that was built around this very question or concept um, that has been going on for several years already, I think since 2018 or 2016, I believe. And it's actually found on a website. So I want to make sure that everyone knows that's listening and then you'll tweet it out uh, yep. later today uh, to so that people could actually get to the website. But it's called thestateoftheology.com. Mm-hmm. Thestateoftheology.com. This was a combination of a survey between Ligonier and Cross Lifeway. And they interviewed 3,011 people mm-hmm. in the United States that consider themselves evangelicals or Christian. you know, Christians. Yeah. And right now, that's a little bit kind of hard to understand what a Christian really is. So there's a lot of uh, yeah. nuance to that. But right now, what we can uh, focus on, at least the people that consider themselves somewhat Christian or can you know look to Jesus for salvation to a certain extent will uh will be answering or have answered these questions or or phrases in this survey so it's going to be an interesting time where we get to look at the statements there's uh, about 30 something statements in the survey and we will examine the data because the data on the you can actually go on the stateoftheology.com and you can see the data from all of this and what's cool about this is Kind of want to encourage the people to do it themselves. Yeah. Let them take the test. Mm-hmm. So before listening or before going on in the podcast, put the podcast on pause. You know, you may be working out right now at the gym or, at, you know, heading to the office. Um, put it on pause. And when you have some time, go to the stateoftheology.com and take the survey yeah. yourself. And if you can save the data, print it out, whatever, then you can go through the podcast with us. So I'm going to encourage everyone to do that right mm-hmm. now. If they don't do that, what's going to happen, Henry? I don't know. You failed. <laughs> you failed. Uh, yeah, so don't take the survey after listening to us discuss yeah. the answers. You know, that's not the way we we roll here. Let's be honest. But uh, try to take the survey beforehand, and it'll help you kind of see where you're at yeah. in your state of theology. But this is the state of theology in the United States. So... Let's get into it. We're going to try mm-hmm. to do five questions at a time from this website, and let's get into it. Uh, again, here is the first statement that is given out in the state of theology, and the first statement says, God is a perfect being and cannot make a mistake. And so the answers to these questions are going to help me yeah. see what the data is here. Yeah, so what we'll do is... So for those listening is I'm just going to focus on the two extremes. So what did people say on the strongly disagree side or strongly agree side? So in this case, 51% strongly agree with this statement. In other words, they're in favor of the statement. God is a perfect being and cannot make a mistake. And 15% disagreed. And the reason why I'm looking at the two extremes, because it means that pretty much everyone else in the middle is either confused or at the end of the day really doesn't know yeah what 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 how to how to interpret this 
this statement. So everyone else is on in the middle, I guess, on this. Um, but yeah, so 51, about half of the people that did the survey agree with this, which is a pretty low number yeah. if you think about it. And then um, 15% uh, disagree. So about the other half falls somewhere in, you know, there's probably see this as some nuances yeah. or whatever uh, in this statement. Which is yeah. kind of scary for evangelicals. Yes. For, for people that consider themselves Christians, God-believing Christians, mm -hmm. uh, people that believe in the word of God, for them to th say that God is not perfect right. or for them to believe that God is not perfect mm -hmm. says a lot about this current state of theology yeah. within the United States. So the, the obvious answer to this question is, is it true or false? Right, it's true. Is that God is perfect being and cannot make a mistake. God, that's true. So if you're taking the test or if you took the test and you answered false, you have to analyze yeah. why you would say false or mm. may or you're in the middle somewhere. Yeah. You cannot be in the middle when it comes down to God's perfection. I think one of the things that we have to kind of just clarify with these with these affirmations is uh, give the the negative of or the other side of answering in this in this sense false. If mm -hmm. we're going to answer false, what are some negative connotations that will happen to our faith? If we answer false. Yeah. I mean, again, this eliminates God's attribute, like of who he is, his holiness, uh, his, his perfection, his goodness. And again, I think the reason why a lot of people are swaying away from this is because of this progressive movement, uh, even in, in theology, where open theism is a big thing. Uh, we've talked about this before, but people see God as a God who now changes as a God who doesn't know the future. He's not omni uh, omnipotent. So he, he doesn't know he's not sovereign. Uh, he depends a lot on humans. And really, this is what this reflects. We've we've downgraded God. A lot of Christians have downgraded God in their mind to just a, a larger human. Um, so he, he he can make mistakes. He can change his mind. And again, open theism is part of the reason for this. Um, and, and so it's a danger because, again, we, we, we dilute who God is and how he reveals himself uh, in yeah. scripture when we do this. In, in the current state of things people like to make god like themselves yep and so uh that's a big problem so let's move on statement number two in this uh survey mm -hmm. says the following there is one true god in three persons god the father god the son and god the holy spirit true or false right and this is obviously true it's what we believe as christians uh the tr the triune God, the God of the Trinity. Uh, here, the, the statistics show 54% of believers or, or churchgoers agree with this statement. They strongly agree with it. And then on the other side, 14% strongly disagree with the rest being in the somewhat disagree, somewhat agree, or not sure category. Um, and again, I don't know, you know, where why believers would would have difficulty yeah, with, difficulty with I, the trinity I, I, well this, this is kind of where i fall if if people strongly disagree with this mm -hmm. then i believe they know why they strongly disagree mm -hmm. um, because at least for my experience and you may have had others but like people affirm the trinity even though they don't know right. how to distinguish they don't know the personhood right of, you know, they don't know any of that mm -hmm. lingo or theology about it, but they can at least say, yeah, I believe in the Trinity. Do they know how to defend it? No, they don't, but they could, they blindly accept it, yeah. I guess. But then there's people that have difficulty with this, uh, 
you know, with with the person of Christ and the the work of the Spirit, and you know, they they even conflated to mean that it's not a monotheistic God, mm. and now we have three gods, and so I think, or I tend to think that the people that strongly disagree, it's because they they know why they, you know, they're against a certain aspect within the Trinity that just wouldn't make sense to them. Mm-hmm. And on, um, have you heard of the the, the recent? It's not recent. It's like a hundred years old now. But but prior to this, like Nicaea affirms this, right? From right. back in three hundred twenty-five, this is kind of the Nicene Creed, widely accepted through many ages, widely accepted throughout all, almost all of church history up until like the twentieth, the end of the nineteenth century. We have a a different understanding of the role of Christ. Mm-hmm. So. Even evangelicals, and I think some, um, I don't, have you ever heard of, uh, I, I have some commentary from him, Bruce Ware. Yeah. So uh, Bruce Ware, even Wayne Grudem, mm-hmm. remember the great systematic theologian Wayne Grudem? Even them, they, uh, they affirm a, a weird type of trinity where they, they, they advocate for this concept called, have you heard of EFS? Eternal Functional Subordination. Yes, of the Son, right. Okay. Uh, so... That simply means that that the Son, the the second person of the Trinity, is in a subordinate role right. to the to Father, the Father. Yeah. forever. Only God deserves. Only God the Father deserves the glory. The Son deserves a lesser glory. Mm-hmm. So even in the evangelical world, that's why the the people that I I think would strongly disagree with this believe something of that sort right. because they, at least they know why they, they strongly disagree with that. But again, why is this a detrimental uh, issue if, if we can affirm the Trinity? Right. And, and again, I mean, you see this in, in scripture, there is a father, there's a son, and there is a Holy Spirit. You see it, you know, evidently um, clear as day in Jesus' baptism. Um, it's just the three persons are there. And so even like Unitarians have a problem with this when they try to say it's just one. Um, you know, these these views or comparing the Trinity to like water and all these things. The problem again is that you eliminate the relationship yeah. side of of the of the Godhead. And so um, yeah, I think again the the biggest issue here is that the Bible presents to us one God in in three persons. Uh, so as the the old saying goes, you know, it's one God, three persons. The Father is not the Son, mm-hmm. and the Son is not the Father, and neither of them are the Holy Spirit. So there's a distinct personhood, but same will, which is where this, you know, eternal subordination to me mm-hmm. falls apart because there you're arguing for two different, different wills, wills exactly. which at the end of the day you end up with, yeah, tritheism or, you know, which is God the Father is God, God the Son is God, or, or you know, polytheism is what other people would call it. But but again, that's the for me where that argument falls apart. But yeah, again, you know, the, the, historically the church has gotten this right. I don't know why the modern church thinks we need to, we need to change things all the time. And uh, biblically speaking, you, you see it in, in scripture. They want yeah. the new. They Usually want, yeah. the new is heretical. Yeah, I like what <laughs> Piper says. New scares me. New scares me. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Uh, so let's move on. Yeah, there's so much more that we could talk about that. That's a whole podcast mm-hmm. in itself on the Trinity. But let's move on just so you know the state of theology. Number or statement number three says the following. God accepts the worship of all religions, including Christianity, Judaism and Islam. Mm-hmm. True or false? Yeah, this is false all the way. Uh, here's what the, the, the people who, who yeah, answered how do, this. How do they respond? Yeah, this is an interesting 
45% agree with this statement. Wow. And then 16% disagree with it. With the, the other one that's big is 22, some would agree. Mm. So it, for the most part, you know, you're talking about a big group of people who actually think that God accepts the worship of all religions um, as something that's, yeah, that, that's pleasing to him. Isn't God inclusive, though? No, he's, he's not. <laughs> this not this is like, has anyone not read the Pentateuch? Like, <laughs> go through the first five books. This is, is, or read the book of Leviticus. I know that that may not be a popular thing, but it's mm. be holy because I'm holy. The whole sacrificial system and everything revolves around not, you know, um, not going against God's holiness, his uniqueness. So, yeah, this is a horrible take on this. <laughs> but it's scary because so many people affirm it, evangelical. So there's yeah. chances that there's, even within our church, there's people that, oh, yeah, well, you know, we're Christian. But, yeah, the the, the Jews or the Ju Judaism affirm, you know, that God accepts that. Right. And even Islam, right. even though Islam does have some core doctrines that we are in line with, uh, but... You know, yeah, this is uh, this is completely false, my friends. If you answered true, yeah, what do we have to say for the people that answered true? Yeah, I mean, again, I, I think there's a lot of lack of biblical understanding on this, and and you need to be careful because you know Jesus was clear; he's the only way, the truth, and the life. No one gets to heaven but through him. And so we're talking about this has eternal implications. Uh, so yeah, that that for me is a scary, scary. Yeah, thought. it falls into this whole. Uh, domesticating of God where now we want God to be like us and we want God to be inclusive, accepting yeah. and all of this so that so that it's easier for easier for us to transmit or to say, oh, I'm a Christian. But, you know, if you're Islam, if you're from Islam, if you're from Judaism, that, that's cool, too. Right. Yeah, everyone's got their own truth. Kind of makes it easier on mm -hmm. the ear to um, allow for all of this nonsense. But be very careful. This world will pressure you to yeah. have multiple ways, broad, broad roads, all leading to God. But that's not what the Bible right. teaches. But it's sad to know that in the United States, 60 or how much, what was it? 45%. Yeah. Agree with it. Statement number four. Statement number four says God learns and adapts to different circumstances. True. Or false. Yeah, this is false. Again, uh, we believe in an omnipotent God, a sovereign God. 32% agree with this statement. 23% uh, disagree. And then the middle is, yeah, like people just not sure how to mm -hmm. how to answer this pretty much. Um, but yeah, again, you know, this is the result of open theism. It's the result of a postmodern movement that doesn't believe in objective truth. And and you're seeing it. And, and like these ideas, worldviews are are infiltrating the church in a rapid rate and it's sad because a lot of young this sec you know the generation that, that's coming up behind us is really leaving what we would call classical christianity or classical theism orthodox. yeah orthodox christianity and, and again that's my fear that that you've got all these thousands of years of church history and all of a sudden we think we're the clever ones who, who are getting it right and we're really not um, and that's a huge problem for me. It scares me at times. I think, you know, this is a, why youth pastors need to study theology and teach their young people theology, because the reality is that the postmodern movement and, and the church that's swallowing these ideas up, uh, are really misleading a lot of people, but no, God doesn't learn. He doesn't adapt. 
to different circumstances. He's immutable. Um, he's sovereign. And, and we need to exalt these attributes of God. Yeah. The, the people that affirm these kind of things, you know, I would tend to say a lot of them grew up in that type of Christian environment where it was like pizza parties for right. the youth. Let's yeah. have a pizza party for yeah. the youth. Let's take them to Great America. Let's have a fun time. Mm -hmm. And um, and pray for them when they get out of our youth, yeah. our youth program. But yeah, they go up, they grow up, and they know nothing about triunity or the the Trinity. Yeah, sorry, I said triunity. <laughs> uh, they know nothing about the Godhead. They know nothing about even the person and the attributes of God. So clearly, God, why would you want a God that learns? Right. So that means He's deficient in yeah. His learning. That it's for people to affirm that it, you know again. That, that just says a lot about their perspective on on God and how they, again, want to make God like them. So our God doesn't learn because he's omniscient. Yeah. He knows everything. <laughs> everything yeah. Our God does not adapt because he needs not to adapt yeah. for he made everything. Uh, people need to really go back to the word of God on this. And yeah. we hope that if you're a youth pastor, learn you know some of these uh, phrases or things that we're mentioning, look them up, mm -hmm. read them so that you could kind of begin to grow in that. Final uh, statement for this, for this episode, statement number five, biblical accounts of the physical bodily resurrection of Jesus are completely accurate. The event actually occurred, true or false. Yeah, this is true. And uh, less than half of evangelical or Christians believe this, so 47% agree with this statement 15 percent uh disagree with with or strongly disagree with with the statement and again paul makes this clear in first corinthians 15 the whole chapter on on the resurrection if if we deny this act then it's in vain we, you know our faith is in vain everything that we believe is in vain if Christ hasn't raised from the dead, what hope do we have that we're going to be raised from the dead? There's like a whole argument. So we just should feel sorry for yeah, ourselves. Yeah, for ourselves. Yeah, that's, there's a whole argument in that chapter. It's wonderful. But but yeah, again, this, this is what um, I just talked about this because we're going through John chapter 19. But that's the idea there. A physical body was put in a tomb. A physical body was raised. Jesus tells Thomas, you know, touch, see the wounds, touch my wounds. It's all physical. This... You know, um, yeah, it's just for me, it's just astonishing again that that so many Christians are are doubting this or or have a different view of of the actual fact that this actually happened. Yeah. And for them to for, for even again, like it, it's just shocking to me that we're not in the 90s percentile, 98, 99 right. percentile. Maybe there may be a few stragglers along the line, but there's still so many people that are confused and completely deny this. That at the end of the day, we got to ask ourselves, what is a Christian? You know, right. in, in yeah. today's modern society, what does it mean to be a Christian? Where are the guardrails? Mm -hmm. What where are the, the the core doctrines? So, like, basically now, evangelicalism in the state that we're in is basically just open, you know? right? Just believe in God, and the rest is really whatever yeah. you want to do. Uh, you could grab some from Judaism, grab some doctrines from Islam, grab some doctrines from new age and just make your own basic religion it's kind of like a combination of everything now so uh this the people that deny this have a have even an issue with sola scriptura yeah have an issue with the, the fundamental doctrine of the word of god mm -hmm. so they doubt the word of god if, if they disprove this 
So these are uh, some of the first five findings in uh, the state of theology. Once again, if uh, they want to, if you want to take this test, uh, I hope you took it before listening to this podcast, but take the test at state of the state of theology.com. We'll put the link in our profile and we'll send out a tweet and then we'll hopefully have some polls. If you're not on Twitter, what do we, how do we get people on Twitter? I don't know, man. I, apparently not a lot of our listeners are on Twitter, but just get an account. Make well, one. Well, you know what? Let's do shout outs to to people that are on, on Twitter, Twitter and see if that, they that comment and we'll give them a shout out. Yeah. On, on the podcast. But th- how did that poll go in the. Yeah. About five people five answered people it. Answered. Yeah. And like three of them are from staff. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least we got the staff. Yeah. Well, we, we, we were paying them. To listen yeah. To yeah. <laughs> well, thanks for listening. This was the State of Theology with Pastor Jonathan and Henry Cruz. And uh, we hope to come back next week. Yeah. Thanks for tuning in. As we said in the podcast, we have our Twitter account active now at Be the English Pod. Join in and follow us for polls and other questions and interactions with both Pastor Jonathan and Pastor Henry Cruz. This has been a Be the Abu Productions presentation.